Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now, Taz and Paula. Well, we're so excited about our guest today. Our guest attracts audiences in the thousands worldwide. He lectures... His lectures are not only entertaining, but empowering. Lee Carroll, Ph.D., channels Chiron, uplifting humanity to a whole nother level in consciousness, and his message is simply the message of love. Lee is the author of the Cryon series of 16 books in 24 languages, and his books have always made the top sellers list within months after their release. Lee is known in metaphysics the world over, and for 25 years now, Lee's done it. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Oh, Paula. I remember when I first began to hear about Cryon back in the early 90s. He was like Elvis. We couldn't get enough of him. He was really sharing with people um, about knowledge that was really ringing true for them with their souls, and people were really ready to hear it. Um, first of all, we, we need to let our listeners know so that we can they can pick up their tickets for the incredible Lee and uh, Carol and Cryon upcoming event. It's going to be held in Sacramento at the Red Lion on February 21st. Um, and uh, there's a, a, an event, the 22nd as well, uh, right the very next day with a couple of other individuals. Some of the, uh, to- uh, the topics include information about DNA, new prophecies, the energy of the Akash. Wow. What's it like to cross the veil? What, some really wonderful questions here. And today, we'll be sure to touch upon Cryon and what he has said about the nine attributes of the human being that were developed from Lee's latest book, The Recalibration of Humanity, 2013 and Beyond. Um, are we fragmented? Where is the highest self and how does it communicate? How is DNA changing? Is there evidence? And the uh, questions go on. Paula, these are really energizing topics. I can hardly wait to begin. Can you give us a touch of Lee's background? Yes, I can. Well, after Lee graduated from a business and economics degree from California Western University in California, Lee started a technical audio business in San Diego that flourished for 30 years. As an award-winning audio engineer, Lee has was questioning just where did channeling and indigo children fit into all of this? And as Lee tells us, spirit had to 
hit him between the eyes to prove his spiritual experience was real. This year, the year in 1989 was Lee's turning point when it finally came together. After some years earlier, a psychic told him about his spiritual past, and then three years later, the second unrelated psychic told him the same thing. Both both spoke of Chiron, a name that almost nobody had ever heard of. Stepping out, you were timidly. the The first writings were presented to the metaphysical community in Del Mar, California, and the rest is history. Well, <laughs> we we are so excited to have you with us. This is the second time we've had the privilege to interview you, and it's just a, a great way to start out the new year. Welcome. Great. Well, thank you very much, Gail. I mean, 2008, is that the last time we, we did this? I can't believe yes. it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, we've visited your events many times, but, um, you know, for us to start off, Lee, I just, first of all, I um, I just want to let you know, I I don't know even how we managed to get an interview with you today, but your schedule is so fully packed with travel, it's amazing, I'll tell you. Um, I, there is a, um, a picture on the cover of your new book, and that is an incredible photo. It's a Merkaba science. And what was the deeper level of placing that on your cover? Do you want to give us a little input on that? Uh, the book is The Recalibration of Humanity, 2013 and Beyond. You know, it really does. Um, there's an interesting story about that cover. Anybody who has it, will know what the book is about. And we can talk about that truly because this is a big subject. And it's, it's been a subject for two years, and it's going to be the subject for more years, about the prophecies of the planet. And if you look at that cover, and if anybody has it, you will find that all of these geometric figures, which are very much the, uh, I, I would call it the sacred geometry, are crossing right in the middle of South America. And that responds to the prophecy. The prophecy talks about the North and the South Hemispheres coming together, finally. The Northern Hemisphere has always been called the War Hemisphere or the Macho Man Masculine, and the Southern Hemisphere has been called the uh, Feminine or Mother Hemisphere. It's a soft, and the, when the soft and the hard come together, literally we have the joining of the two consciousnesses of male and female. You have a, what has been called by the ancients the Kundalini, movement of the Kundalini, of the whole planet and the movement of wisdom into uh, um, exchange from the north to the south. And it, it, according to their prophecies, um, which is the prophecy of the eagle and the condor, they cross right there in Peru and Lake Titicaca. This is where all of those lines cross on the book. When I, when I had uh, Deb DeLisi, who is um, the artist, by the way, for Todd Orokitis' all of his pineal tone art, do this cover, she presented me with an earth that was very nice, but the, I told her, you have to make the lines cross right there in, um, in South America, and that's why the, the cover is like it is. That's a good question. I've, nobody's ever asked me that. Now you guys have an insight. <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, we just want to remind everybody that's listening, it's going to be in Sacramento, that they already have the book. They can bring it and have you sign it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have we have two other books too that are um, that are my channeling as compiled by an Australian author 
Um, there won't be three W2 because the third one is coming out in June. This is the first time anybody has done this, taking over 20 years of my work and finally compiling it. That is to say, subject-driven. Everything that Crian said about the human akash, everything that Crian has said about the soul, everything that Crian said about about the earth and our relationship to it, all put together in books. And it's it's my channeling, but it's assembled by her. And those two of those books will also be there. And this is brand new. Uh, it's just that the, the last part of 2014 and into 2015 have these been available, and so they should be there as well. Lee, I also have another question here because um, you talked about Kundalini. So for some, you know, right now we are having huge sun flares and CMEs come off the sun, and they're hitting our planet. A lot of people are like... Their whole bodies are wanting to sleep during this period of time when these days happen and their bodies are hurting. And so is this part of the recalibration of the human being to what's happening to it us? It is. All of it is. In fact, Crying has even spoke specifically about um, some of the radiation that's coming our way. The uh, I could give you a whole treatise on this one because you can get into the science of it and you can get into the astronomy of it and you will see that this whole solar system of ours is moving into a new area of space we've never been into as human beings. It takes millions of years, if not 100 million or something like that, to go around. I, I, I don't like to throw out figures and facts without remembering them, but it, it takes millions of years to go around the sun. Our galaxy, I mean, uh, around the middle of the galaxy, sorry. Um, so our solar system goes around the galaxy, just like every, all the others are. They're spiraling around this, the middle of the galaxy. And so that means, to, if you're not familiar with this, that we are constantly moving into parts of space that we have never seen before. And this, this part of space that we're coming into is totally different. It features a new kind of energy. Some even call it radiation. That is affecting the sun. That is exactly what it is. It has a name, and astronomers know what it is. We're actually coming out of a, of a kind of a, a bubble of energy that has surrounded our solar system for years, you know, eons since we've been humans, and it's starting to go away. And the bubble isn't necessarily a protection bubble, but it's just it's an, a specific kind of energy that is now changing. Now, that's the science of it. And what it means to us, you and I, is, in Crying says, it's right on schedule. Readjustment of our biology, of our DNA, uh, the sun's heliosphere is blasting at us like it always has, new information that goes right into our magnetic grid, right into our DNA. These things that I've just given you, if you've just tuned in and listened, sound very esoteric. I've got science, literally, behind almost all of it that tells about whatever the sun gives us literally goes into our magnetic grid. Uh, that's, I mean, you can see that happening in the northern lights because that's what the northern lights represent a... Uh, what uh, I, I would call one magnetic field hitting another, the sun's hitting ours, that transfers to our magnetic field, which goes into our DNA. Now, that sounds very esoteric, very esoteric but there's some science there, too. Uh, it explains astrology, all manner of things of who we are. Bottom line is the sun is affecting us. The solar system is going into a new part of space. It's affecting us. Brian says, if you want to just put the... the the whole summary in a few words, uh, we are moving into, uh, you can't call it the new age. It's the new new age. A new energy sets 2012 
that is astonishingly different. And it is so different, Cryan says, that someday historians will look back and everything from 2012 behind that in the history will be called the Barbarian Age. This is where we killed each other and where we did war and we solved problems with force. And this is now starting, we're starting to grow up. Brian has said it's like the children in the playground. You know, there's a maturity. When you're in the playground, you're calling each other's names. The, the guys are throwing rocks. I mean, <laughs> this is what we've done for the, for what is it, the last 50,000 years as humanity. <laughs> and now we are starting to grow up. We're and going to so make love. A, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, a big We're going to make love maturity. to our planet. Yeah. Our planet's well, making love to us, maybe, is what we should say, because with all of these yeah. electrical changes and everything, it it's like the planet says, you're going to change, and there's no choice. We're being pushed. Well, and, well I just want to tell you, because we, we, the, list, the, the listeners should know. There's, there's health issues. There's all kinds of issues. It wouldn't seem to be commensurate with, you know, well, passing into a, a wonderful new energy. But it, it all comes with maturity and growing up. We're, we're getting pain, you know, in painful uh, readjustments at the moment. Hmm. So we change. I mean, we help Gaia change as well as she's helping us change. Is that correct? Absolutely. We plan this and we... The, the people who are tuning in to this are uh, – anybody who listens to this has to be an old soul. Um, they, they're not going to listen very long. If they're just curious and taking notes, they're probably not going to get much out of it because there, there's a lot of energy in a program like this and things that we are telling. And I, I can't in this amount of time give you what we would normally give you for one or two days. But it's, there is so much that is – is, is happening now, and old souls are the ones who are tuning into it, and the old souls are the ones who've lived through the past, have prepared for this. That's why we're here now and awakening to this new stuff. I can't tell you how many newbies we get in, in our crying uh, seminars, including some young people, finally. And they're saying, uh, we don't know why we're here. We're feeling a specific energy. We're just waking up to this. And I'm just nodding at him, saying, this is, you're right on schedule. You know, this, this, <laughs> this, this is what's going on. I think you guys are aware of, of your listenership and the people who would listen to this now and also in the archives. And uh, there are people who will care about themselves. They're feeling energies. Uh, and so there are a lot of questions about what's going on on the planet. There's so much good news here. And uh, we've had a very difficult two years for um, everybody. And um, it, it's for me, I've lost friends and through death. There have been health issues all around me. There's, and it's affecting mostly the people you would never think it would affect. And that would be the healers, the psychics, the readers. And this is why Crian asked me to write this book. It's a recalibration. And there's, there's good reasoning behind it. But it is now starting to settle. Uh, Cryon called uh, 2014 year one. This is how profound it is. And we're looking into two, three, and four are going to be uh, years that we're now starting to get a handle on all of it. And if you guys are interested, I mean, I could even tell you some of the things that Cryon has given us and prophecies that you can see right in, right in our face. And some of them are scary, but they're happening. And they're happening for reasons that are actually quite positive. Give us a sample. <laughs> 
in uh, 2012, he started talking about what happens when you shine light in dark places. If the earth has had, call it a dark quotient that has been pretty heavy, where everything has been controlled, where there's been you know, a whole lot of uh, lack of integrity in, uh, in, in corporate, in government, all through, our, all through the ages. And then suddenly that system starts to change and become lighter. And what I mean by that, there's light in the dark room. Not only do you stir things up, which always wanted to be in the dark, but you'll have a lot of the dark stuff, whatever you want to call it, starting to move out of the light and show itself, and some of it being afraid. So if you can imagine a dark room just filled with all manner of creepy crawly things, and now you're starting to shine lights on them, they're going to show. And now you're understanding why you're seeing on television suddenly organizations that are filled with hate and, and killing and beheadings, all of this stuff, uh, and they're organized and they're funded. And a lot of people are just looking at each other and saying, where did they come from? And how could this be right now during this place where we're supposed to have a, an earth that is coming out of the darkness? And that's why. So clients started talking in 2012, long before this started taking place. This is get ready, don't be afraid, don't despair, because this is what happens when you readjust the light. Uh, he told uh, in 2012, he talked about us getting a new pope. We did. It was like 13 months later. Bam, and it wasn't through death. You know, this was, a, this was an amazing situation where the pope resigned because, he, um, you know, for whatever they say, you know there was other reasons. The guy is still around. He wasn't dying. He's not a bad health. He just couldn't take all of the, the stuff that wasn't in his Pope manual to deal with uh, <laughs> abusing kids and, uh, and losing cash flow and all the other things. Brian said the new Pope would be making a difference. And if you've noticed, he is. And by the way, he's the first one from South America where all of this is. Oh, you're right. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Uh, and so these are just two of the, the, the few things that Crine has started talking about. There's a great, great couple of channels. One of them is called Do Not Despair. I, I like people to to, uh, to listen to. You, yeah, I don't know if you've told anybody, but we've got on our on our site, um, I give away stuff, most of it. If you go there uh, to crime.com, you will find, uh, especially on our audio page, hundreds and hundreds of free audio. We record everything that Cryon does, and we put it online for free. No emails required, nothing to join, just free. And we don't keep track of who comes and goes. We, this ought to be a sanctuary just like a church is. And uh, that's how we, we look at our website. We invite people to come and listen and read. Uh, so everything is there. Um, this, this is, by the way, the balance of my spiritual life. How can I earn a living being a spiritual person and yet so many people believe that, you know, that spiritual things should be given away. And this is my balance. If I'm going to travel and work and do these things, I earn a living doing my uh, seminars. That's Lee Carroll and Cryon talking. But everything that Cryon does and says is then broadcast for free on my site. So I encourage people to go and check it out and take a look. Lee, there in your latest book, um, The Recalibration of Humanity, 2013 and Beyond, you have a chapter, a chapter six, that's called the recalibration of shoulds, S-H-O-U-L-D-S. Can you tell us more about that? We have uh, all our lives, 
we have heard we should be doing this, we should be doing that. <clears throat> and you get a pattern, do you not, a bias of what you think God wants of you, or spirit, whatever you want to say. Um, should you do this? Should you do that? Should you, uh, and right into the minutia of your everyday worship or new age. Um, uh, should you, is it appropriate, for instance, uh, should you meditate every day? Should you do this? I mean, is there uh, consequences if you don't? Um, going even to the even more ridiculous, should you go see a doctor? Should you not? Um, you know, and these are the shoulds that we address in the book, among others, and we just break the paradigm. Um, you'd be surprised at some of the things that we are doing, even as what I would call advanced thinkers spiritually, you know, without a doctrine, without a church, without an organization, we still have internally all of this structure about what we think we're supposed to be doing. You know, people come up and have their tears in their eyes and they say, I'm not fulfilling my life's purpose. I, I just go to work. I just come home and I'm just tired. I don't have time to do anything, and I've got all these people around me that are, that are light workers, and they're involved here and involved there, or they're writing a book, and, and, the, and the people say, I, I don't have anything, and I don't, I don't know what to do. And so that's a big should. You should be doing something for spirit, you know? We made this up. You know what we're supposed to, you know what we're supposed to be doing? Living. <laughs> being here. Just being here is what spirit wants from us because our energy as a light worker puts light on the planet. What you say to your kids, to your boss, to your clients, to the people in the store, how you treat others around you. Do you look weird to them or do you have a compassionate soul? I, one of the things that Crying told people to do, it was like shocking, and I got so much uh, flack from it, is stop being weird. In other words, if people know what you believe, you believe in the, you know, the UFOs, the ETs, or whatever, and, and, and we have this system, and they look at you now. Are you a compassionate soul that they don't care and they want to be around you anyway because you're a great person, or are you so weird to cross the street if they see you coming? And there's a lot of that <laughs> crossing the street when they see you coming, and Christ says, this is not doing anyone any good. You are supposed to interface with compassion and show people who you are. If you are strange beyond belief, and they, people know it, um, you know, just get into a closet and have a nice life, but you're not helping the planet hardly at all. But the, the new person uh, is supposed to be, we're supposed to show people our, what we believe, that we have God inside. If we have God inside, that's going to show through compassion. And that's going to be compassion with other people. Then he said something really funny. Uh, he said that uh, it's now past Christmas time. The holiday season is the big test because everybody has to, to be with their relatives. And some of the relatives have disowned them, you know, were formerly church members or all of that. So now you're thrown into the basket with all the people who, who don't really know how to treat you because you're so strange. But you're not. And if you show them you're not by, by truly with high tolerance, great amount of patience, um, no drama, no matter what happens at those holidays, no matter what anybody says, no matter how they look at you, no matter what any, what you do and how you react is really the test of, of your compassion factor. And who, you know, who are we? That's who we are. And so that's where, you know, that's a few of the shoulds. Uh, uh, I didn't cover hardly any of them. 
supposedly in the book, but that's why you've got the book to look at. <laughs> well, I made I did an experiment the other day. I smiled yeah. at everybody I you know looked at, and some of the people oh, yeah. smiled right back, and some of the people went like they looked down right away. They didn't want to smile back. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, and we got, we have that. We it's tough. This is probably the toughest one. The the ones in the book uh, are you know like the basics. People ask me how are we how should we worship this way? Uh, should we live together in a commune? Um, uh, one should we eat a certain kind of food? Uh, should we take a drug? You know, like there are good answers to all of those, and they're very. I would say uplifting, and they make what Crying calls spiritual common sense. It's about time you looked at the big picture and got out of the minutia of what you were told. No matter what we were told from anybody, this this old energy had a whole set of parameters, and they were probably good for that time. And so that was probably valuable and accurate from your teacher. But now it's changing, and now it's starting to change because we are we have new tools, and we're out of the playground. So it, it's time, honestly, to to take a look at what we're doing, how we're doing it, and whether it makes sense. Yeah. Now let's go to the grids on the planet. Do they do the grids uh, have an intelligence of their own? Yes, all three of them do, and the uh, that's hard. That's hard to teach. Because you have you have inanimate science and physics that people think just lays there as inanimate physics. Let me let me give you an example of something in physics that, and I'm ta- I want to talk about what they call quantum physics. Quantum physics is the study of quantum particles, uh, and that's why they call it that. We, when we use the word quantum, I redefine it as um, anything um, multidimensional. So. There are three or four multidimensional things that we use all the time, and that are that are um, not really understood, but we we know how they work. One is gravity, another one is magnetism, and another one is light. Now those are three, just three. They are multidimensional. They all have quantum attributes, and we work with them in 3D, which is everyday life. And we we know about light. We know about gravity. We, we you know, you're born with it, and you you can't see it. Isn't that interesting? Such a big force you cannot see. Magnetism, a big force you cannot see. Now, light you can see, and this is, brings me to this. Did you know that light changes from a particle to a wave, or actually from a wave to a particle, when you look at it? In other words, there is something going on in physics. Brian calls it physics with an attitude. It has intelligence. It is not just laying there as inanimate uh, rules of force. It has intelligence. The magnetic grid of the system is designed to work with our biology. The Gaia grid, which people call Mother Nature, is the only one you give names and does have an attitude. The crystalline grid is meant to remember human action and emotion. These are all things we teach. They're not necessarily in this particular book because when we moved on, they're going to be in a 2015 book. Uh, the teaching of the uh, nine attributes of the human being and the, and the grid system. These are things that have been put here to help us. They're now starting to be activated and to awaken. So don't be surprised. This, if, if you start feeling, I would say, a tree hugger knows exactly what I'm talking about. 
that that there is not only intelligence but, but there is benevolence in all of the systems that we just think are just there and they are working with us and so this is part of the changes on the planet and it's it's wonderful information it's just there's so much of it uh, and the things that are going on with the spiritual um, evolution that we are starting to, to have are really remarkable they say the ancients knew about this. About the, you know, the the different grids. The ancients mm-hmm. worked with the different grids and nature, and far more than what we are doing now. So are we going back to what they did then, or are we going to do it in a better way, a better form? Let's uh, two, two or three answers to that, but just to start with uh, one. The grids that Kryan talks about um, that are the three major grids, are the esoteric grids that he wants us to know about. But the ones the, there are all kinds of grids. The ones the ancients worked with are still around, uh, in Europe, we hear, them, we hear about them all the time. These are not the ones Krein is talking about, but they exist too, and they're very real, except those are ones that constantly change. Um, if, and I can tell you that specifically when you go to Europe, in some of these power places where the grids were supposed to, the certain kinds, and they have certain names, are supposed to cross and be and do, and for years and years people have been coming to see them, then I'm, I'm going there with a whole team of people who feel nothing. In other words, it's moved. It's it's off into some other place, and people are still coming and worshiping or sitting there doing all of their altars and all in a place where there's really very little there anymore. What I'm just telling you is that there's a lot of shifting. But to answer your question, the ancients saw these grids as part of the system of life. Ancients, um, indigenous, specifically the ones that I work with all over the planet. If you take a look at what an indigenous does that we still know, these societies are, are ancient, but they're still around, passing back, passing on to us the traditions. You can even see it in, in the, the ancient Hawaiians. Uh, and it's the same with, with the Navajo or the Lakota or what, whatever. One of the first things they do is they honor, number one, the ancestors. Now, the ancestors isn't the grid, not really, but it is what? It, it is a recognition of a um, what you think is your ancestors, but they see it as different because they believe, most of them believe in the circle of life, which means reincarnation. Most of them do. You come back as whatever it is, but in worshiping or looking or imbuing the, the honor of your ancestors into something, you're actually honoring yourself because you you are your own ancestors. So this is they're honoring the circle of life. Number two, they look at the, the north, the south, the east, or the west of the planet as actual energies. This is the way that they are looking at the grids of the earth. They they hunt on grids uh, if they are that kind of a society where they hunt in the wild. Um, they will even take a look at the birth cycles and things of this and apply it to the energy of the planet. And not, I want to tell you something we completely lost. Not only have we lost the honoring of the ancestors, looking at the earth as a source for our lives, but we live in cities, and you look up in the sky and you see squat. You don't see anything. These people, they look up in the sky, and the sky lights up every night. If you haven't, if you haven't seen this, you deserve to see it before you die, and that is you go to a place in the desert or someplace that's far, far away, 
and uh, no cities and look at the sky and it literally you can see the Milky Way. It's just amazing. I was just at Easter Island. Just uh, you know, it's like right in the middle of the Pacific. It's 11 miles by nine miles, and you, I've never seen a sky. You go there and you, you just cannot tear people away from it at night. Uh, they're just all out there, no matter how cold or wet or anything else, and just staring at it. Um, it's something you just don't see. Well, the, the ancients saw that every single night of their lives. So they're also looking at the stars, and they're seeing relationships of energy to them. So we have lost all of that, to answer your question. And Brian said, this, is, this will be a return to some of the ancient wisdom. Not a return to paganism or any of these things that people are mistaking for what they did. It's an honoring of the way things work, the physics, the grids, and also your ancestry. So, yeah, we need to, we need to slowly look at these things and start understanding how much of it is still part of us. Uh, Lee, I question if the heavens um, literally are um, delivering to us a new a new body, a new system, a new electrical system that matches the universe as it's being changed. I believe that that's the truth, and I and also just just looking at we are all one. So as we all begin to change, it's like we the electrical system pushes us into that format so that we can merge and there can be peace on earth. Do you do you um see this too? This is the the teaching of crime. This is the basic teaching of crime. And you have to go way beyond the, sim- the, the simple Simon of it and get into some of the, the, the things that will start to make sense. Our electrical system really doesn't have much to do with it <laughs> because you have to look into quantum biology. There has been a lot of work, especially in the last two decades, on the discovery, is the body quantum? In other words, are there multidimensional properties of any part of the, of the system? And the answer is yes. There have been a number of scientists talking about this. And it really is, they even have now a, um, a series of science, of a whole category called quantum biologists who are then dedicated yeah. to see this. Um, we know now for the first time that the DNA molecule actually affects quantum fields. It may have a quantum field of its own, but Cryon says what you have missed completely and what is starting to occur is that when your DNA, which is unique to you, you have over 100 trillion molecules of DNA. They're all identical. They all have a program in them. There's another piece of science that has just come along. They've discovered what the 90% of DNA now does. They thought it was junk. It's programming. It's data. That's what Crian said in Book 12. It would be found. And this particular data all has to be wrapped together. Nobody even knows how DNA communicates with other DNA. Crian says we have a quantum field around us that is our unique DNA. And this quantum field is ours and ours alone. It extends eight 
meters out from our body, which is 26 feet, 24 to 26 feet. And this particular situation has actually been seen and labeled and identified. It has a Hebrew word called Merkaba. <laughs> so this is now starting to make sense. Now, to answer your question, this is how we start to evolve with what you're calling the electrical system. You should know that crime's information is that our system, the way it works today, only works at about 33 to 35% of its efficiency. If you want to see DNA working at 80 or 90%, take a look at the masters. They had actual control over physics, whether it was loaves to fishes or water to wine or wine to water or whatever. It's physics was controllable. You know what a medical intuitive does? This is a person with a gift. They don't, when they say you've got a, a problem with your liver and they're looking at you, they're not looking at your liver. They're looking at and sensing your Merkava. It's all in that field. The, the masters could literally look at a person, know where to touch, know what to do, had control over the physics. We look at this as miracles. Did you know we have that built into our body? When we see spontaneous remission, I mean, the doctors just throw up their hands and say, we don't understand this. It's wonderful, but we don't understand it. And other people in church are saying, well, it's a miracle, thank God. And, and is anybody looking at the body function? Maybe this is normal, and we just don't know how to tap into it. This is what crime is saying. So to direct answer to your question, we are evolving the percentage of the DNA which is working. And it's, not, it's going to go to like 44. That's where it's on its way to, Crime says. That's the next uh, level. And what we're going to see is a body that starts working better. Uh, there is a lot. We talk about what, what can we look forward to. This oneness you spoke about is, I'll give, give it another name. It is, um, it, it is when we have spiritual maturity. Uh, when you grow up, no matter what you did in the playground, you know, <laughs> the guys are throwing rocks and, and, and you're calling each other's names. This is little kids, and I remember this, and so do you. But when you grow up and you're out of school and you're out of high school, now it's different. Now you've learned the best way to get along is to get along. And so you go to work with people maybe you don't like or whatever, but you get along. You find commonalities. You're all, you know, this is peace on earth. It is not that difficult. Brian said, the other thing, the goal isn't peace on earth. The beginning is peace on earth. He said it's a no-brainer. You're going to do this automatically for survival. There will be a new thinking that surviving is putting things together instead of tearing them apart. Don't isolate yourselves and compete for resources. Put yourselves together and share. So we're starting just to learn that. And this is the evolution of the wisdom factor, which will create what we will call the oneness. Now, as you go further and further, that oneness becomes a little more spiritual. And so now you're starting to see, okay, we're starting not only to recognize how to get along, but also perhaps what the source of compassion and love is. Is there something inside us? You know that 85% of humanity believes in the in the afterlife, they believe in God, 85%. And uh, that's, uh, in statistics, that's a slam dunk. That's, that's a given. Where did the, is that just wishful thinking from the point you're born, or could it be intuitive thinking? That is to say that intuitively, we know it. 
and you, you may ignore it. You may, you may find the church of your choice. You may come to this radio show. You might say, but you're studying it. And that is what people, most people do at some level. Even the ones who will never worship, never go to church, never listen to one of these things, unless they're a dedicated atheist or agnostic, will still say, yes, I believe in God. I just don't, I just don't do anything with it. So there's the acknowledgement of that. There'll be more of that. So that is stirring in all of humanity. What if that starts to evolve and people start to ask the questions, what is it? Uh, can I use it for a longer life? And now we're getting into the other issues of health and healing. All of it starts to change. I love the question because it's a good one. It's what I teach. Yes, it's affecting us. It's affecting our bodies, it's affecting our DNA, and it's part of a grand plan. Uh, can you see what happens, uh, gals, if a whole yes. bunch of people start evolving and then, and then uh, people who are dedicated to old energy things don't? Uh, when, you look at, when you look at groups of people, governments, corporations, or whatever, and they just reek with old stuff, that is what's going to make the changes coming up. Um, and Krein has given a couple of good predictions about what to expect on that, too, because there are some things that are very slow to change that we will probably want to push a little. <laughs> I was, Lee, I was looking at um, also, it's like if you have water and you pour water into water, there is immersion. It's like your org feels when you come next to an individual you are immersed in their arc field as well. There's a con there's a combined yeah, you know, combined sure are. So yeah. the thing is is that if the energies is like uplifting frequencies, it's like when you are with each other, the merging and and the uh, the uplifting for every individual as we as we go. And so that is we we are becoming one in that the compassion when you help someone the compassion goes out you even the person the receiver feels it and so it's it's like uh, paying it forward it's kind of like oh wow you know i i felt this etc so it, it's even yeah. more than that cuz what what you have what you have described is actually a new, I wouldn't call us new, but it's more profound process than it's ever been before. In an old energy, you did not have the light and dark balance like you're beginning to have now. Um, have, you ever, have you ever gone into a theater and sat next to a person and uh, you don't know them and you move? This is, um, this is an example of that very thing working that we don't even acknowledge is there. Right. And that is you know, the ability for you to sense. Now, now that the light factor, I would, I would call it the positive factor, the love factor, is starting to increase. It's what clients, it's, people have, you know, been asked, what is it? What is that energy? He'll, he'll say it is mother energy. <laughs> this is, this is a, it's womb energy. He'll say it's not, it's not anything more basic than that, but we are starting to have a, a much better idea. Men and women all together are starting to become softer in this together. Now, here's what client says. When... It's contagious. When you, um, if you can imagine being with a master, people just flocked around and sat there. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, why? And even in, even in the reports of scripture, animals did too. They were, they just came and sat and wanted to be in the energy of a human being 
who had who had their DNA working at like 70 or 80 percent. This means to me that this is where we're going. You mentioned um, that you know the compassion of oneness and people feel it. Not only they feel it, they may they may not even know or acknowledge it. But when somebody is angry or there's drama in your family or whatever, and you don't react, they, they may yell at you, they may slam their doors or whatever. Your non-reaction, your compassion, and it's, it's not always that easy, but if it's real, you know it does make a difference because they will then come back at some point in time and have absorbed a little more of what's going on and be a little more reasonable perhaps. This, it does. It puts out a field that is just amazing in this new energy. I have talked to people who are practicing this. You said you smiled and nobody smiled back. There's a, there's a whole continent of people <laughs> practically who do that. <laughs> um, and I will tell you, when I go there, I'm not going there anymore for a while, but I've gone to Russia for eight years, and their culture is not to smile much, unless they're, um, and I don't want anybody to get this wrong, there's a lot of Russians, millions of them in the United States. Um, if, they're, if they're together having fun, dinner, party, drinking, whatever, there's a lot of smiles, there's lots of toasts, but not, on a, not out in the street. So you don't smile at each other out in the street, and because their culture and where they've come from literally says that if you smile, you're hiding something. Uh, they don't trust people who smile. I've had questions that I've had to answer to people and from Russians, is it true that Americans smile at each other all the time? <laughs> say, well, <laughs> we're, <laughs> I wasn't aware of that, and maybe you wouldn't agree if you went out of the street, but we do smile quite a bit, and you don't. And so they are aware of it. Uh, this, will, this is all going to change as we trust each other more. Um, if you're not always thinking, if you're in a, a caveman survival Everybody is a threat. If you are out of the playground and you're in a, a more of a wisdom area, they're not a threat. And so they'll sense that immediately. And some of your family, you know, will sense it eventually, that perhaps your beliefs are not a threat to them. You may believe strange things, but you're not going to push it on them. You're not going to threaten them. And then when they start to look around, what if they see you're a whole lot more balanced than almost anybody they know? <laughs> so what does that tell you? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's working, you know? <laughs> you have traveled. Wow. I don't even know if there's a place you haven't gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, there's lots of places. Yeah. Okay. Maybe well, we're going to be lucky to <laughs> we're lucky to have you coming to Sacramento. I mean, that's on February 21st. Well, I, I want, yeah, I want you girls, I want you to know that the uh, the truth of the matter is I do 35 to 40 domestic meetings a year here in the states and Canada. So, I'm here quite a bit. And you you see and hear of my travels and all my photos and everything of all these exotic places, but I spend half my time at least here. So, part of it is in of course the, my home state California and uh, uh so it's not all that unusual. And Sacramento is also on the circuit for me. I, come, I try to come every other year if I can. And, by the way, this particular meeting will be the first meeting. Uh, I have to change my I have to change my meetings every couple of years. I don't want to go to the, the same place and get the same meeting. I just I refuse to do that. So um, I'm one of the few authors that, just, that I know just develops a brand-new meeting every time I see somebody. 
And this one is the first of the series, and it's called The Best of Cryon. And it's an idea I had with so much information, I thought I would just glean what the high points have been over the last maybe six to seven years and present them the most uh, amazing things that Cryon has said that we're starting to see um, and some of the things that he's taught that are coming. And that's what I'll be doing in Sacramento. It'll be the, the, the first one. Well, it's the 21st, and it's going to be from noon to 6 at the Red Lion Woodlake Conference Center, and that's on at 500 Leisure Lane, Sacramento. And um, mm-hmm. if people want to register ahead of time, they can go to www.cryon.com backslash, backslash register dash SAC, S-A-C for Sacramento. And if anybody doesn't want and to remember then, it, you, just go to, you go to my site and touch on the icon that says... Uh, seminars and bam you'll see it it's there okay so cryon.com and that's k-r-y-o-n right um okay i'm going to quickly brush over into back to your book (laughs) can we can we uh, say one more thing taz that the 22nd uh yes no no that's not that's who is 22nd do we know i think dr todd Yeah. Now, Pragit Harris with the um, Stargate, he'll be, I think he's in the area and he he may uh, show up there, but he will be um, later in the week. Dr. Todd Abukaitis, I believe, is on the Sunday and he is going to present with me a little bit on Saturday, but he has a whole thing of his own he does, um, awakening to something in the DNA. I've forgotten what what it is. His, uh, His work is astonishing and I work with him all the time. With color yeah, and and sound and everything, um, yeah. yeah. He, he is a uh, renowned uh, MD. He was first in his class, and I forgot where. And he's on Johns Hopkins graduate, so he's uh, no slouch. And he's come up with some amazing patents. Um, but beyond that, he's the most esoteric guy I know. Having <laughs> he does the pineal tones, speaking about enhancing DNA through sound. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. the guy. <laughs> It's going to be an amazing weekend, both the 21st and the 22nd. Yeah. So, Taz, you want to... Yeah. Well, um, and we're talking with Lee Carroll, (laughs) um, who channels Cryon. Okay. Your book, The Recalibration of Humanity, 2013 and Beyond, you have in that book, I I just want you to touch on this so much, says... It's chapter 13 is called the elusive Akash. What does that mean, elusive? Well, you hear about it. If I ask you to define it, you'd get a different definition every time somebody was asked. You don't. You, you're told that the Akash, as we understand it, is a record of past lives. Now, that's one interpretation. Uh, Some people said it's also an energy of your ancestors. There are those who say Akash means everybody. There are some who say Akash means just you. And so we, if we wanted to define how we are using it and how we are describing it in my book and also as I teach it, it is the record of your individual past lives which are contained in your DNA. Every single molecule has the same information. 
Brian says it's elusive because you've never known what to do with it or why it exists. Now, mm-hmm. go to a past life reader, and that reader may say, aha, you've got a block because one of your past lives, you had an experience. You drowned, whatever, and now you're afraid of water. So what does that tell you? And you know this is true because you have this happen in the New Age all the time. It tells you that that, that information has more than a, it's more than a record. It has emotions. It has feelings. It has energy. And it carries through the veil. That is to say that it's no matter who you are, when you are reborn, and in what race or what, what you know, part of the planet, you are going to pick up all of that and carry it with you in your DNA your entire life. Now, question, elusive. Why is it there? Is it there to irritate you? Is it there to, <laughs> you know, to give you things that you have to work on? Is it there for karma? And the answer is all of those things, yeah. <laughs> and it's not there to irritate you, but it might, and it does, and it can. It is also the carrier of karma. What else would carry it? It is your Akash because it remembers unfinished business. So I will tell you, Cryon 101, over 20 years ago, drop your karma, you don't need it anymore. This was his first instruction he ever gave us where we could actually start talking to our body and to our Akash and, and be in control of it and say, I don't want that anymore. So this was the first hint that maybe this wasn't something elusive. It was something we could actually control and talk to and work with. Now, if you want to hear the big news, it is that we can mine it like a miner digs for gold. We can go in and capture those things which we have earned and lived for thousands of lifetimes, if if you want to take a real hard look at what an old soul is. You can go and get What do you need to accomplish that you think you cannot do? What if you've already accomplished it? This has to do with bad habits, to get rid of them, uh, attitudes, anger, uh, uh, body type, anything. What if you could go in and recapture what you knew, especially the wisdom, and bring it forward into this lifetime? It's there. I mean, the proof of it being there is the fact that karma affects you, past lives affect you. So why not start interfacing with it? Brian said, this is new. This is not, this is the elusive Akash becomes a lot less elusive. Recent channelings, real recent, in the last, I would say, two months, on my site, the audio has to do more than it ever has with something called innate. I-N-N. <laughs> innate. <laughs> This is the smart body. The smart body, everybody knows it's there. You just can't identify it responsible for intuition, connection to the higher self, and it's connected to the Akash. This is the smart body is the body that you muscle test. Isn't it odd if you think about it? Your brain has no idea what's going on in your bloodstream. None. Zip. Zero. You got this beautiful, this, this supposed to be this organ that controls everything, and you don't know what's wrong. You've got to go to a doctor to find out. That's not a body working very well. If you think about it, you could have a disease attacking you right now, 
growing someplace. Your blood cells are aware of it. You've got alarm bells going off, and you're just walking along having a nice day. There is a missing bridge between that which is our cellular structure and our brains. And this bridge shouldn't be missing, and it's going to be part of what evolves, so we will actually be our own medical intuitives eventually. But in the process, we have to work with innate, the smart body. This is why, you know, kinesiology, uh, tapping, um, um, body talk. There's another one, uh, decoding. All part of smart body communication. You want to find out what's going on inside to release blocks. To, this, isn't it? I mean, the whole, the whole process smacks of somebody, something's broken when we have to go through all of this stuff to find out what is happening in our own bodies. Shouldn't we know that? <laughs> you know? And so this is what Brian has said. This is what is being developed. It all has to do with the Akash plays a wonderful part in that. And then, and, and in fact, a very big part of it. And innate is how you get there. So these are the things we're teaching. These are coming up in books. And uh, that's, that's what we're doing today. So it's all, this goes way beyond this uh, 2013 book. Well, I remember I was at an event and you said, you, if you needed to have this ability, then you call on it because you've done it before and you can pull sure. it out and you can ask yeah. for it to be delivered to you to have access to it all in the, minute, in the moment. Um, well, I, we're out of time, Tess, so um, uh, okay. let everybody uh, you know. know what? <laughs> I, don't forget to head to Cryon, um, Lee Carroll's website, Cryon, K-R-Y-O-N.com. Uh, and don't forget to pick up your tickets and meet them because usually the, the house is full when you get there, so you do it beforehand. Oh, yeah. And, um, Lee, I just have limited. to tell you. Yeah. You, <laughs> with that photograph on the front end of your cover, the recalibration of humanity 2013 and beyond that Merkaba to me is like a living breathing entity yeah. that allows mother earth and all of us to interweave. And I just looking at that book, book it's magnificent. And thank you for bringing us forward. And thank, thank you very much. Great to be here guys. Thank both you. Of you. Thank you. Thank you, Lee, for reminding us who we really are. <laughs> this week. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> yes. So we'll see you in Sacramento. Bye-bye. Blessings Bye-bye. for a happy new year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.